This is Rowan Radio. Connors with the game winner! 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your host, Aaron Hook. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM RowanRadio.com Channel 2 coming to you live here a quarter past the hour uh, 5.15pm in Glassboro, New Jersey This is your Monday edition of Offsides um, with your host Aaron Hooker, Justin Lott, Jordan Weisinger and Tom Hill uh, here with me uh, on this Monday this gloomy Monday in Glassboro a bit of a late start today we apologize for that uh, but we're on the airwaves now and um, we have a lot to talk about, guys, because today is the sports equinox. So NHL, NBA, NFL, and MLB uh, will all have at least one game today. Obviously, with baseball, it is going to be game three of the World Series uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. That series is tied 1-1 um, between the Diamondbacks and the Rangers. There are 11 NBA games tonight. Uh, Monday night football between the Lions and the Raiders tonight at 8-15. Um, and then you've got a, a full slate of, of hockey as well. So uh, a really exciting time. Obviously, sports equinox are things that only happen like a couple times a year because it's really only around this time of year. So um, feeling good. And this is an itinerary list episode, by the way. So we're just kind of going off the rip. Um, we can go into the NFL yesterday. I, I know there was a clash between two teams that uh, have, have fans in, in this studio. And one of them won, and one of them lost. One, one of them, uh, yeah, you're <laughs> right. Um, that was awful. <laughs> that was a really bad game. I was um, at the student center watching the end of it. Yeah, well, where were we during like the, the, the third quarter? We were doing it out on the field ourselves. Yeah, we had a, a flag football playoff game. We Me, did. Aaron, and Locke. Uh, I was going against them, too, and the rest of the Rowan Radio crew. <laughs> and uh, I prevailed we, in the end, my team. We we came up short, even though we actually uh, – they were playing shorthanded. Um, yeah, we had six people. It was bad. Not good. Um, but you know what? We take the loss with humility and grace, and we move on. And then I got to see the Jets beat the Giants, which was enough to make up for it, I think, Justin. I actually um, heard the uh, Tommy DeVito touchdown from one of the Edgewood apartments. Yes. You heard that? I, I, I did hear that. That was in the midst of our heated battle. Um not sure at what point of the game that was when we were still winning or or not. But um, anyway, Jets and the Giants, yeah, that was a – it was like really all-time bad in terms of offense. And, I mean, you just look at even something like uh, the rushing yards for the Jets. I mean, Zach Wilson is your leading rusher with 25 yards. Brees Hall gets the ball 12 times, runs for 17 yards. The Giants – uh, they pass for seven yards in this game, eight of them coming from Tyrod Taylor, who exits the game um, with uh, chest pains or, or something of that sort. Had to just kind of hustle over to the sideline, and they threw the rookie Tommy DeVito in there to make his NFL debut, Justin. And, uh, it, it, like, the Giants just seemed like they had no confidence in him to let him go out and throw the ball. And obviously, you know, for you, Jordan, to see Daniel Jones did hurt and Tyrod did hurt, and then you're down to a third-string quarterback – with the way the Giants have been playing um, already offensively this year, to have a guy who you can't even trust to make any sort of throw 
is obviously just detrimental at that point. And it looked like that way for the Giants. I mean, we even saw it in overtime. Saquon Barkley was the only guy getting the ball. And it was on these little just flip-out screens to the flat that really didn't do much. The Jets easily read that, too. I mean, their defense is elite in this uh, the NFL. So to only like really give away your uh, what you're going to do, just run it with Saquon, he, he, he carried the ball 36 times. It was quite obvious what the Giants' game plan was when Tyrod went down. When he went down, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Tommy DeVito, I didn't think we had a chance at winning, so I'm more upset that the outcome was the way it was because of how it played out. But my biggest concern with yesterday is if you have a quarterback on your roster in the NFL, you should trust him to make a throw. The fact that he only threw the ball seven times and two of those were completions and you didn't throw it once in overtime, like for a gain at least, it's really disappointing. And it was easy for the Jets to shut that down. They can stack the box. Saquon had nowhere to go. And the Jets had an easy win. Jets were uh, kind of banged up as well. I mean, the Giants defensively looked Pretty good, um, you know. Legit, for I, sure. I, and you know, we kind of knew that, uh, you know, when Morandale was going to come into this game, sending uh, a lot of blitzes. Right, he has his packages that he goes to more often than not. And um, you know, the Jets' offensive line was banged up coming into the game. They got even more hurt uh, in this one late in the fourth quarter. Connor McGovern goes out. Um, MetLife's cursed. And and there was simply no one else on the roster who had ever really played center. Um, so the Jets had a makeshift offensive line in there. Uh, but, I mean, you just look at the day overall. Tavon Thibodeau, three sacks in this game. Um, He's really quickly developing into a star in this league. He, he is awesome. Yeah, yeah, he is really, really switchy. Tavon Thibodeau, man. I is mean, coming seven out. Seven and a half sacks on the year, I believe. It's crazy because when he was coming out, like, at first in that draft cycle, he was really kind of heralded as, like, yeah. As, like, the number one guy, and then he kind of slipped a little bit, and the Giants ended up getting him at five. Tom, right now, that kind of looks like maybe even a little bit of a steal, maybe too early to call it that, but the season he's having, he really looks like he's going to be a star player pretty, pretty soon if he's not already. Get it from this perspective. Like, Evan Neal has been a massive bust for the Giants. So, in that same class, I believe that was Shane's first draft. So, Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, there were some talks. He wasn't as dominant last season or he didn't look as good last season as I think Giant fans hope for and as I think NFL fans hope for. But so far this season, he's looked really good. And, yeah, just an ugly game. And, Jordan, your point, if you have a quarterback on your roster, you got to at least have some faith in him. Otherwise, you wouldn't roster him. And Tommy DeVito is two for seven. He had under zero passing yards, which is kind of unbelievable. And it's hard guess, to do. It's hard to do. It's really, it really hard is. to do. But Aaron, your point, Thibodeau does look pretty legit. Yeah, and you know, again, Giants defensively, they had a field day, um, and that was almost enough for the Jets to come into a game that they were favored to win, um, a game that they, were, I think, were expected to win. The um, Jets. Yeah, the Jets were favored. Yeah. Enough. Okay. One hundred percent. And. You know, it's a neutral field, sure. I mean, with the weather there, you know, you know, you know how it was going to be. The, the stadium wasn't exactly full at most points, um, but obviously the the, the loyal fans, uh, aka Sam Prince, stayed there the whole time probably, <laughs> and watched that that misery unfold. But uh, like, you know, the Jets, man, I, I'm concerned with this offense. I mean, the Giants played a great game defensively, but. Justin, you know, we have to talk about the ending to this game as well. The Jets needed the Giants basically to hand them 
a chance to go down the field and kick that game time field goal. Giants have fourth and one uh, in jet territory, and they elect to kick the field goal with Graham Deneau, who I, I think, Jordan, this is what I was told, was not even fully healthy. Yeah, he was hurt, and uh, at the time, obviously, it's it's a chip shot from that where they were. The fact that it was he, like, what was it, 40-something? Yeah, less, like if less. 40. So I'm, I'm, if he's hurt, I don't know why you're throwing him out there. Brian Dable came into the league last year with just a set of steel, you know what, and he was going to do everything he can. It's like the first game last year against Tennessee, he goes to the two-point conversion. He kind of set the uh, the mentality for this team, and the fact that he doesn't want to go for it on fourth and one, to, to that would close out the game. You guys are in timeouts. It, it would have closed out the game because, you know, you can make the argument, okay, you don't get it, and then you're in the basically the same spot, but now, yeah. you know, you're only up three, but... The thing is, if you go for it and you don't get it, that kills two seconds. And the Jets just got up to the line, Justin, despite that ball with a second left. I'm not sure how the mm-hmm. clock just – oh, man, that was that was pretty stressful because I've seen the Jets run out quarters by not getting spikes off. This season they've done that. So, I, I mean, that was a panic for me. But they just did it off, and then Zerline hits the, the game-time field goal. I, I'm just a little bit concerned with, with this offense right now for uh, for the Jets. I mean, Zach Wilson, 17 for 36. Uh, he didn't have a pick, but again, no. there's a lot of times where the pocket collapses, he has to roll out, and he did make a good throw, obviously, on that play that set up for the field goal, but a lot of times it's can you trust Zach Wilson? And obviously, if, if we had hit Rodgers implemented here, which he's having it looks like a speed recovery, so sooner rather later, that's why it's a big win, obviously, against the Giants because coming in, as you said, it was it was it it should have been like a, a way higher score with the Jets kind of walking away with it, but the Giants held their own, especially defensively, but the Jets offensively, Brees Hall, uh, 12 carries for 17 yards, that's unacceptable, but Garrett Wilson does his did his stuff, seven uh, catches for 100 yards. Uh, Brees Hall did have a receiving touchdown, though, in the past, uh, past game, but was, rush really game-wise, yeah, it, was, yeah, nice it was... I had him in fantasy, so it hurt <laughs> at the time, there but... You go. Yeah, but to Justin's point, um, yeah, the Jets, all, Jets offense really was lackluster yesterday. Um, I think a reason for that, though, is the Giants' defense really took a step up. It did. It um, played it right down. They pressured that Jets' offensive line, which you mentioned, Aaron, was a little beat up, and they got more beat up throughout the game. And Wilson just had no time, and there was no one open to begin with. So I think I, I'm i going to give Wilson, uh, Wilson a little bit of credit here. Um, I don't think he played bad at all. I think it was a matter of his rating at MetLife. You're on turf. We all know how bad that field is. And the fact that he was able to uh, – Really get Garrett Wilson 100 yards, drive down the field in that last 25 seconds. It was he did a, he did a yeah. good job yesterday. <laughs> I don't think he played awfully. The stat when line says otherwise. Needed but. him to be good. Oh he yeah, he was yeah. good enough. He was, and and that's the thing with him. You know, like I mean, look if he's given time, man, he's he's a he's a serviceable guy who and he, every once in a while makes a, a play that you're like, okay, I kind of see like the flash there. You know what I mean? But it's again, you need him to have. A lot of time to throw the ball because some of these stats that he's taking. I mean, should the Giants should have won that game yesterday, like we said. In part, does Zach Wilson just completely stalling drives or completely uh, ruining drives when uh, the simple thing is just when you're on the run, you don't see anyone open, just throw the ball away. I mean, that third sack by Kayvon, he was completely still. Just throw that, the ball away. That was away. probably the worst one for on his part. Uh, and that's the that's been Zach Wilson's biggest problem, and I've said it. It's just holding on to the ball too long and making dumb mistakes. Like when he is in rhythm, 
Okay, yeah, he's a quarterback, though, with the Jets' defense and win you enough games to probably be a playoff team. But, again, you know, it's a win against the Giants, you know, and, again, I don't have any vendetta against the Giants. I think we were respectful, Jordan. Yeah, I have right? no hatred towards the Jets. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's bragging rights as well, you know. Yeah. We kind of own Jet life. <sighs> you got to say it, don't you? We kind of do, though. I mean, when 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 was the last time you guys beat us? I mean, has twenty nine? We play every four years. Has the old Meadowlands ever been referred to as Jet Stadium? Has the old Meadowlands ever been referred to as Jet? No, Stadium? it hasn't. Um, I'll just put that up. There. I mean, okay, that's fair, but it's not there anymore. They they demolished yeah, they it for a reason. Completely. But yeah. looking looking forward to because the they're like, wow, the Giants. <laughs> and then they won a Super Bowl three years later. So, but looking forward to the Jets. Um, I think uh, there's wins in your schedule for sure. Your defense is elite. I think it's proven. The question part is the offense we talked about, and I don't know if we could use this as a transition or not, but the one quarterback I thought you guys might have on your radar is now out of the year with the yep. Achilles injury. Kirk. Kirk. Yeah, it might See be ya. the Jet curse. Now Rodgers so, and now Cousins. So many. I said this in the sports department chat. A lot of people got hurt yesterday. Grady Jarrett's out of the year. Out of the year. Kendrick, uh, Bourne. Kendrick Bourne's out for the year. Kirk really? Cousins out for the year. Yeah, and, and you know, yeah. we were talking about Minnesota even last week without Jefferson when they beat San Francisco. Tom, we were like, okay, like with this division, I know the Lions are obviously, you know, a step up, but we were like, Minnesota, you know, maybe they're not as bad as we thought. It, and it it's all over yeah. now. Now it's just, like, I don't even, who is their backup? I feel bad for Kirk. He's a good guy. Jaron Hall. You know what he is? He is Zach Wilson. 3.0. I think 2.0. the Vikings should trade for Trey Lance. <laughs> I think Why they not? trade for Ryan Why Tannehill. Why not? He's rotten on the bench. for Tannehill? I think they're going to trade for Tannehill. Oh, Tannehill. The way oh, Levis, Levis on Sunday, just, that was just took his job yesterday. And I, I think out. Tannehill is really – there's a decent market there. Will Levis okay. won four touchdowns yesterday. We obviously have seen the the off his back foot just like flick, wrist flick to uh, Nick Westbrook to Kine for the touchdown. That's the one that was kind of – was kind of viral and uh look dude the titans we know that if they have a quarterback similar to the jets where if they can just facilitate the offense let derrick henry do his thing um but i mean will levis has a chance obviously we know about his physical tools like he's a chance to be way more than that and the titans with that i mean again we saw yesterday they're a pretty good offense um, D Hop's finally being used properly it yeah. looks so easy for the titans that it never looked, looked like this easy with Tannehill. Be. Three touchdowns for for Hopkins yesterday, uh, on and four catches too. Derrick Henry over a hundred yards. They beat Atlanta. Um, Another and yeah. team with a quarterback uh, <laughs> issue. Yes, Desmond. Ritter a lot of that going around has been a topic of uh, of discussion. But uh, we do have a Monday night game today, guys. Um, and uh, it is between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Detroit Lions. The Lions. They got embarrassed last week, uh, and they've had the extra day now to sit back on it um, and and reflect uh, as they um, get ready to host Vegas. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, is going to be playing for the Raiders in this game. Um, you know, to me, Detroit is at home. I, I know last week was bad for them, but, Justin, I think this is kind of a game for them to come out and just kind of, like, Show everyone, okay, you know, we're still a pretty good team and we're going to beat a bad team in the Raiders. Uh, I don't really believe in the Raiders all too much. I mean, I just don't know. I just don't know. I th- But I, I think Detroit probably wins this one tonight. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, on their injury report, uh, Montgomery's out for them. Uh, St. Brown, or bottom line, St. Brown, uh, questionable for tonight, which okay. could, could be okay. could be a couple problems. Again, they, they should regardlessly uh, win the game, but again, some some setbacks. Uh, Jimmy G, obviously, when he does play, is kind of uh, touchdown that pick. Kind of like gives you like a Winston vibe from a couple years ago. So I always use that as a kind of the example, but thirty thirty season. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it, it's a spot where the Raiders are on the road coming in. Monday Night Football, a lot of things bad happen on the Monday Night Football. Obviously, we know, but I I think that uh, if if uh, Von Rock comes in and plays the game, it should be an easy one for the Lions. But if they have to kind of go off the second, third string receivers, try to make some plays with Golf. And without the running game, Jameer Gibbs obviously got to be a little, a little bit more tonight. It's mm-hmm. it's gonna be a little bit different offense again. The team that got uh, the breaks uh, broke off the other day, yeah. last week, I should say. Um, and like for the Raiders, I mean, with Kansas City losing yesterday to the Broncos, um, you know, no T Swizzle. Obviously, the Chiefs don't win. We all know that. Um, <laughs> you could go five hundred here. That's kind of unbelievable for this team. I, that division now is in a spot where it's like, okay, the Raiders trying to. Almost need to win this game at this point uh, to hang around. Denver, surprise win, obviously. Um, and, yeah, so it's a big game for uh, for the road team getting Jimmy G back tonight, Tom. But, uh, again, with, like, with this game, I, I think we, we've seen Green Bay struggle and, and Chicago. I mean, you know, and that will kind of take us to the game last night. Um, Tyson Bajant just – for a Chargers team that was struggling to kind of find an identity, they look great against them, and now Kirk Cousins is out. So, you know, Detroit, at this point, I might even say they might just coast to this division, honestly. I would have to agree with you. I think they're going to win tonight. I think they'll win big. Justin mentioned no St. Brown potentially. Montgomery is definitely out. You're going to need a lot from Jameer Gibbs. You got a lot from him, albeit it was garbage time last week against Baltimore. But Jared Goff plays much better at home in this dome in Detroit than he does on the road. Lions by sevens the line right now. I just think they run away with this game by two scores and go six and two into week nine. I don't hate that either. Um, I just need Sam LaPorter not to have a big day because in our uh, Rowan Football Fantasy League, you're going against him? I'm up 13 points. Against? Aiden Ray. Ooh. He has Sam LaPorta and Daniel Carlson, who is questionable. Mm, I, don't I don't like my chances. No, I don't either. If Carlson sits, though, LaPorta oh, needs 13. Okay. All right. Well, there's a chance there. Yeah, you got – yeah, you know what? <laughs> I think he could put up 9, 10, have a slow day. I lost in fantasy this week to Doc. I'm on I'm on the verge of being in in, in contention for the punishment. I, I think I'm is three. Is there a punishment? Did I say, what is the punishment? Oh. Well, in my other league, there's a punishment, so I kind of thought we were doing a punishment. Like a really I don't even know one. what the punishment for us would be. Well, I started hours? Tyson Bajan, so that's enough of a punishment. That's a punishment. <laughs> um, <laughs> they were talking about him like, I mean, look, he played well in the game like the week prior, but they were like, oh, man. like I heard someone say, like, oh, you see what that kid in Chicago is doing? I'm like, all right. D2 product. Let's slow down. D2 product, very impressive. Shepard Rams. Tom, how are you liking uh, our trade at like two weeks uh, in advance now? The Puka. Uh, I would like to not talk about it, but since you mentioned it, let's talk about it. Uh, you must be some sort of Nostradamus because the minute you got rid of Kenneth Walker, he just decides I'm not going to play the <laughs> running back position at all. Under 15 the last two weeks, that's just that's just phenomenal. Under 15 
Under 15 what? Points. Points. Okay, I thought you meant yards. Dude, that would be that'd be, <laughs> that'd be pretty fun. And but, I was, <laughs> yeah, uh, I was debating at first because I didn't think Stevenson would take the leap he did. I'll take to, uh, I'll take 12 points right now for a running back. My running backs are awful. I think you guys. But go ahead. Kenneth Walker's gonna be passed around. Huh? It's kind of crazy. I, I would take Walker off your hands, even though I think the trade is there a trade deadline. Yeah, but it's not till like December. I don't yeah. Think. Aaron, give me Jamar and we could work something out. See, I don't know why everyone wants him. He's not for sale. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't He's worry. Not. I'll make him for sale. He's not. Because I have T. Hayden to my other lead and it coordinates well. All right. We're going on a Tyson Bajan tangent here. Um, see what I did there? Crazy. <sighs> okay. Let's talk about something else. Um, let's do the NBA. Let's talk about the NBA, right? Or should we do the World Series? I think the World Series is more Let's important. do the World Series. World yeah. Series is a little more important, I think. Let's talk about that. Baseball. Tonight, we have baseball. Matt Scherzer, great postseason pitcher, as we all know. Going up against Brandon Fott, uh, the young phenom, game three Ooh. of this World Series. Dude, Diamondbacks responded game. in game two after uh, Adolis Garcia had his uh, had his moment in the sun there in game one. Uh, but the Diamondbacks have responded, and that's what they've done. Uh, obviously, they, you know, they swept Milwaukee and the Dodgers. Um, but then, Jordan, when they faced adversity in that Philly series a couple of times, being down in the series, uh, they just looked like the more confident team. And now going back to Phoenix um, with Brandon Fodd, who, again, his last couple starts has been very good. Um, Arizona right now um, I, I think is in a good spot. But that Texas offense um, is just electric, Tom. I mean, it really almost no holes in, in that lineup. One through nine, they're pretty good. No, they've been unbelievable. And even with Marcus Semien not hitting the way we think he can and the way he did in the regular season, they've still rolling. Corey Seager's been unbelievable. He had the game-tying homer off Seawalds. And Evan Carter's been great all postseason long. And obviously, you know, you get a home run from Mitch Garver off of Merrill Kelly, who you couldn't hit if you can get him going and Nathaniel Lowe, the first baseman down in the lineup, to go along with Jonah Hine, the catcher. You're getting a lot from Adolis Garcia. You're getting a lot from Corey Seager. This offense, Brandon Fott looked really good against Philly. It's going to be tough against this Texas offense in game three. I, I think, you know, the biggest question for Texas is probably the back end of that bullpen because we've seen how good Arizona's can be. I mean, obviously, again, Seawald blowing the, blowing the save in game one to see, with the Cedar homer. Um, but they've been lights out all postseason, um, the seven, eight, and nine guys uh, for Arizona. Really that entire bullpen. And, for Texas, I think it's a little more of a question mark. So if you're Arizona and you're Brandon Fott, you know, if you can pitch your way to a close game, um, you know, even in the sixth or seventh inning, you know, I did Matt Scherzer is in some lights out postseason pitcher, but it is Matt Scherzer. So if you can contend in there, you're giving yourself a good shot to win. I think Arizona has a lot going for him right now, Jordan. And again, you're gonna in this format you have the 2-3-2, two, two, so they're going to have the next three with a chance to potentially close out the series if they can do it in all three. But uh, how, like, where do you see this series going? Do you think this is going seven? Or is My original prediction was Diamondbacks in seven. I just like the vibes of this team. The Rangers are definitely have more firepower. Um, they're the easy pick, in my opinion. But I think the Diamondbacks are just a more complete team running on fumes right now. I don't know what it is about them, but... 1-1 one, one series, they could potentially just win all three at home and call it a day there. But uh, Texas has struggled at, uh, at home in the in the playoffs. We saw it in the LCS, and then in the World Series, they got blown out in Game 2. Um, it's going to be good. Tonight's going to be uh, – Fott Scherzer's going to be a great matchup. Fott's been great ever since his uh, start against the Dodgers in the NLDS. 
That was the only rough outing he's really had, and he really showed what he uh, what he could do against the Phillies. So he yeah, has it's good, be a good stuff series. too. He does, he does. Um, yeah, I mean, he wasn't exactly a strikeout guy, but what, what did he have in that in that first start? Nine strikeouts, yep. I think. Five and two thirds. Yeah, he went nuclear. You could say. Young kid, uh, Arizona. That's kind of been their thing. They've um, they've gotten contra- contributions, I should say, for some of the younger guys. Obviously, Corbin Carroll at the top of that order, but they've also had guys who've been around. I, you know, to tell Marte, Tommy Pham, Tommy Pham, Duriel. Um, yeah, Arizona. Arizona is a good team, and so I, I think this is a good matchup. You know, there's been jokes that it's like, oh, you know, the Phillies didn't get in the World Series. Manfred is is. Uh, is, you know, pulling his hair out right now. But it's like, you know, if it's a good series, there's going to be baseball fans who love baseball and are going to watch it. The World Series is going to pull great ratings no matter what, probably. 100%. And especially when you think about the markets, Dallas, Fort Worth market, I mean, Phoenix and Dallas and Phoenix, are two. Those are pretty right? big markets. Those are pretty big markets. And even though, though the so. interest level in baseball, especially in, in the Phoenix area, probably isn't the Suns or maybe the Cardinals, right. but – I think they can get some people. And, Aaron, I want to touch back to the baseball point of it. You brought up the Diamondbacks bullpen. They can really shorten this game. Mm-hmm. In game three, they can shorten these games. If Brandon Fott just gives them five, I think they have a really, really high chance of winning this game and winning this series. Uh, that's like the perfect kind of plan, I think, for them because that's all they need out of their starters. I mean, you obviously expect a bit more out of guys like Gallon and, and Kelly, um, your front two guys, but even if they can give you five, you know, two, three runs, just keep you in the game. And you've been getting all you can ask for out of Merrill Kelly. He's oh, been unbelievable. Yeah. Yes, he has. Um, since that first kind of rough start in the in the championship series, um, he has been really, really good. So, Justin, uh, where do you see this series going? I think it, it is a, it's just a good matchup, I think. It, and it's two good stories, too. Obviously, you know, I've seen a bunch now that, you know, both these teams had a hundred losses a couple of years ago. They were picking high in the draft the past couple of years, and and um, you know it's it's two teams that were kind of built differently too. Because the Rangers they went out and spent all that money on guys like Cedar and Semyon um, and Jacob Degrom, obviously, uh, who's not here right now, but um, will be. They hope to be next year. And uh, Arizona is just kind of a team that put the puzzle pieces together, made made good trades in season, brought guys in, and uh, are relying on more younger guys to, to get it done. So I think it's been a really good series. But where do you kind of see it see it going? Uh, I mean, honestly, I think that Diamondbacks' bats obviously came alive in game two. And, again, they still put on five runs in game one. It's it's going to be, again, down to how Fod does tonight. And it really – if he can hold kind of the same uh, role he's done, it's, it's probably going to be a Diamondbacks win tonight. I think they probably take two or three at their home place. So I think it'll be three one Arizona and I think I think it's going to six regardless. So I think Arizona will win the series, but it will be uh game six uh in Texas, I think they're gonna take the World Series. There's no kind of rooting interest on your part as a as a Phillies fan against them. You're just like whatever. I, I honestly when uh when my team goes out, I, I really kinda I I'm unbiased for the most part. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm. That's a good. That's a good thing. I think. Yeah, I feel like it's a lot of people. Probably a good thing. Yeah, a lot of people would probably if uh, Phillies fans be like, oh, I want uh, the Rangers to win. But for me, when I watched, uh, I would say I wasn't happy when Seager had the home run and then obviously a dole was a game one. But right. I wasn't uh, upset that the Diamondbacks uh, put on the show on Saturday night because again, good. Uh, 
good team baseball is good team baseball, and that's what the Diamondbacks did. And then Merrill Kelly looked uh, great as well in that light. I mean, it's again, uh, Scherzer has had his ups and downs uh, as, a, as a pitcher in the postseason, and if he can hold it together, maybe the Rangers uh, can uh, kind of do the opposite of what my pick was. But I, I think it's it should be a good series overall. I don't think it's going to be any more 9-1 blowouts, but I think it's going to be uh, six, possibly seven-game series. Game three tonight uh, in Phoenix, um, Arizona, and Texas. I said it was destiny because there's a bar in Hoboken called Texas, Arizona. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I'm a frequenter. No, I'm not. <laughs> um. All right. We're going to take a break. Uh, and then we'll be back for about the last 15 minutes of the show here on Offsides with your host, Aaron Hook, on this uh, Monday in Glassboro. We'll return after these messages. WGLS-FM programming is made possible in part by the GRASP Coalition, an initiative of the Southwest Council. The GRASP Coalition is dedicated to preventing the abuse of addictive substances through strategic community partnerships. The GRASP Coalition is currently looking for passionate collaborators to join their prevention efforts. Visit their website calendar to discover when you can join the next community coalition meeting. For more information on the GRASP Coalition or the Southwest Council, the website is southwestcouncil.org backslash our dash coalitions. The GRASP Coalition and the Southwest Council are proud to support the programming on Rowan Radio. If you love them enough to listen to them practice the same song on tuba, please be done. Over and over and over and over and over. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Sounds good, honey. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Radio 89.7 WGLS FM, RowanRadio.com Channel 2, coming to you live here from the uh, Rowan Radio Studios, Glassboro, New Jersey, uh, 5.45 p.m. I'm Aaron Hook, um, joined with Jordan Weisinger, Tom Hill, and Justin Locke of our uh, glorious sports department. Uh, we've been talking baseball, we've been talking football here on this Sports Equinox, uh, October the 30th. Um, and, uh, there will be another one tomorrow, I presume. Correct? Game four is, is, is tomorrow? Well, there's no football tomorrow. That's right. Um, <laughs> forget I said that. Um. There could be on Thursday, though. There could be. I'll check that. There could be, but that ruined it. I wanted there to be one tomorrow. Um, but there's not. So. Oh, no baseball on Thursday. Oh, Damn. man. So this might be the, yeah. this might be the only one. Well, <clears throat> We're, we had to enjoy it, and uh, we will. But for now, we're going to talk about the third of those four sports that are going to be playing. Spoiler, we're not going to talk about hockey. Um, Rare uh, hockey reference, though. Because Jordan is the old, Now, I've heard the Rangers are doing quite well. They are doing quite well. They currently lead the uh, Metropolitan Division 6-2, and two, 8 points, 12 points, I should say. And uh, Ortavi Panarin looks really good with uh, his new haircut. The Flyers um, are not doing bad either. They were expected yeah. to be quite bad. They're one of the bottom five teams in the NHL. Uh, they started off hot last year. 
and it was kind of a meme because all the Philly teams were good. So the fact that the Flyers have just a really bad roster and they were starting good last year, it's kind of funny. They're doing it again, uh, but they'll definitely uh, go back to where they should be, barring any circumstances of player talent, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, yeah, Rangers look good. Uh, Devils look good, too. Uh, I expect those two teams to really uh, fight to death in the uh, for the rest of the season. The New York sports scene is probably being saved by hockey right now. I'll admit it. Yeah. I'll admit it. They're probably the strongest at the moment. Because, so. yeah, Brooklyn's falling off, and uh, the Knicks look like the only strong team, I would say. Tom, you could disagree if you want. But, I mean, you know, right now, right now, yeah, I can't strong, even deny it. That's, that's a little bit of a Okay, stretch. okay, don't, 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 Brooklyn wait, 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 falling wait. off. I mean, they were never really on top, and I'm a Nets fan, so. Well, they were on top. Well, I mean, they, signed, they just had Kate. A year ago today, they had Katie and Kyrie. That is true, but, it, I mean, what was Kyrie giving you? You know, hopefully – 30 games a year after he'd go on his pilgrimages and and stances and you know all that stuff so I don't know I'm I'm kind of glad we have a bit of a fresh start with Bridges and Cam yeah. Johnson we'll yeah. see the Pacers look really good the Pacers do look really good they're 2-0 um there is another team that is like doing good and that would be the 76ers Justin you're a Sixers fan Joel Embiid, he's playing pretty well. He's pretty good. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? Tyrese Maxey, 30 points a game uh, through the first three games. Uh, Citrus looked good. They do. Kelly Oubre looks like a great signing. I mean, it's been two games or three games, but they're getting production from him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, for Philadelphia, a team that had all this turmoil, even without James Harden, you know, two out of their first uh, three. Yeah, I mean, Maxi uh, won Easter Carver's Player of the Week as well. Uh, he's been kind of—he's looking like a top five-ish guard uh, right now in the first three games, and he's—I think he's only second in the Easter guards in scoring besides Cam Thomas. And Cam Thomas also been balling for the Nets, but obviously they haven't got any wins. But Sixers-wise, uh, their only loss, obviously, the one-point loss on Thursday against the Bucks. That's game team had 39, and uh, Kelly Oubre also shined. Bias Harris has been pretty solid first three games, and and, and Bede kind of after having not a great game the first game, kind of just bounced back. He had uh, 35 last night. Pretty had similar games at the back to back with the Raptors and the Trailblazers we took on on Saturday Sunday. But Maxi is just kind of just been free flowing, and he's pretty quick off the dribble. He can kind of get to his spots and. What he's what he's fired from uh, beyond the arc. He's also probably the top ten in that category. The first three games he's been electric, and uh, obviously Tears Harden was in attendance last night. Uh, didn't play, but I, I've been saying it for a while. If if he wants to play, that's cool. If he doesn't, uh, he can sit on the bench. Uh, it doesn't or stand. It, it doesn't make a difference for me. Yeah, I think that's the mindset of of most Sixers fans right now. They're just kind of like, okay, I mean, it'd be nice to have you, but at <laughs> the same time. Yeah, I think most Citrus fans are okay for right now. Um, and that's just because of what, you know, Nick Nurse has done. He's just unlocked, like, really a lot of talent in this offense. Because Doc Rivers, we know, was a guy who wouldn't really have anything creatively going on offensively to get touches for Maxi on pick and rolls or Embiid in certain spots. And uh, it was more stagnant last year. But Nick Nurse, I think you can see the first three games, Justin, he's made uh, a, a bit of a difference offensively. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times, uh, especially uh, Aiden Doc always talks about it, where a lot of times in the playoffs there was three guys standing in the corner 
fertilized solution for a bead or for hard and then obviously if the shot clock running down you kind of chunks it to that spot and you don't get it you get a, a wasteless possession and that's that's what we haven't really seen for the Sixers first three games it's been uh, attacking every time they can and bead his playmaking has uh taken a leap this year as well maxi and him the two-man game has worked uh really well and i think nurse is kind of giving maxi some more confidence in that department just kind of tell him to take that that step and this team overall kelly uber has been electric i love to see active cutters on the sixers team where last year it seemed like nobody would kind of do a backdoor cut on easy plays and Especially when it beats down there, usually get doubled. If he sees Ubre go downhill, or maybe even Melton or Daniel House, whoever it is out there, it's good to see because in the Doc Rivers offense, it was uh, stagnant to say the least. Yeah, and again, that's where I think Philadelphia can kind of return to being like a dangerous team in the East, like a legitimate dangerous team, even to teams like Boston and Milwaukee. Um, because, again, when they're playing like that and they have stuff going on, Joel Embiid is, I mean, he's right there with the best players in the NBA, um, no matter which way you put it. And uh, he's a guy who, you know, again, it has to be there in the postseason for him and he'll get that chance again this year most likely. And it'll, so It'll be uh, in New York. It'll be a proving Yeah, right? I wonder what a guy like Joel Embiid <laughs> do we would think command that? on the market. I, there's a chance, man. I really what he would command that. for a trade? Yeah. They're I, not I trading think- them. They're, he's, they're not trading him. Yeah, but what is your ceiling? We talked about this on the yeah, uh, one podcast. I don't podcast. think he's actually going to get traded, but if he were to, I think the Knicks are the number one. What is your ceiling if you're the uh, 76ers? You can agree that this is, a, this is right? a good topic because this lit a fire under the, the sports department. It did, chat. yeah. Um, but, you know, some people have to stop thinking this guy is going to get 10 first-round picks in response. The, the no, problem with that players. is that we there have been – Trades that have just yielded such big hauls in recent memory, right? The Rudy Gobert trade, the Paul George trade. Well, the Rudy Gobert trade completely destroyed the NBA trade market. Even the, um, what was the Donovan Mitchell package? It was, what, three, uh, four firsts? Markinen, it was, Colin it was, Sexton. To and me, it was underwhelming because of what they wanted from us. I was annoyed about that How one. How many firsts did the, did the Jazz get? Three or four. Three or four. I mean, three. that's like the baseline, though. It's like probably three firsts well, didn't, for Embiid. Didn't um, Utah get five for Gobert? Or they got it was something like four that. Turn to I, five? Need, I need to find that trade again because that was ridiculous. <laughs> that Walker was a Kessler nuts trade. Walker Kessler to McDaniels. And Walter Kessler's been right, basically see. Rudy Gobert. <laughs> basically. Without the COVID. Um, Joel Embiid right, so in Madison Square Garden would July be. July 6, 2022, cool. the Utah. Jazz traded Rudy Gobert to the Timberwolves for Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Leandro Balmaro, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, 2023 first-round pick, 2025 first-round pick, 2026 first-round pick, 2027 first-round pick, and a 2029 first-round pick. That's five That is first an unbelievable package. Whoo! But that's what we're talking about here with Embiid. And, I mean... If Harden wants to buy in, um, I don't see a reason why. And I, I mean, again, Harden's out. Do of I it. like to admit this? I mean, okay, maybe he won't play for them. But like, even still, I think they're maybe in a spot where they're just like, screw it, let's just try and make it work with Maxi maybe becoming the guy that he needs. Yeah. I guess that's that has to be what they're thinking, right? They're not thinking let's trade him. Yeah, but what do you think their ultimate ceiling is as a team? Do you think they can compete well, with the Boston's me, and Milwaukee's? They need another piece. They do. They need another piece. 
They probably need someone better than Tobias Harris to be their third player. And Tobias yeah. Harris is not bad at all. And what piece but Tobias Harris is a there? four matches you with like Boston. What piece is out there that would have you retaining Tyrese Maxey but also improving your team? The Sixers' problem is they don't have depth. That's a good question. I mean, I... Because Maxey would be the first to go. It's not Harden. Nobody really wants Harden with that contract. I'm trying to think. I don't know what you would get for Harden, genuinely. At this point, there's just not much there. Yeah, there's there's probably not. You're the right. Sixers are going to be forced to essentially trade him for uh, – could they even get a first out of him at this point, you think? Out of? Harden? Alone? <sighs> like, let's say the Clippers. I think maybe maybe, a, maybe a first. Is uh, Terrence Mansell on the Clippers? I yes. believe so. Yes. I imagine, what, Terrence Mann at a first – for Harden. Bones Highland, too. That's a good trade. I mean, I think the Sixers yeah. would take that three and D Wayne, Terrence Mann. Yeah, I, I would. I mean, I feel like it probably won't be. A, it might be just be two seconds and Terrence Mann, but I feel like that would have already happened. I, I feel like the Clippers at this point, they're drawn out from it. They don't want to. Again, they're, they're just. The Clippers are one step. Health is the biggest key for them. But if they're healthy, they can contend, but Kawhi goes down or Paul George goes down. And Terrence Mann, it's funny enough, like a couple years ago, he had 39 at a closeout game. I believe it was against uh, Utah. the Jazz. I mean, it was a game seven, game six or game seven. He puts up 39 to send them Ooh. to the conference final. And again, if Kawhi Leonard doesn't go down, they probably make a run. And I think James Harden at this point, most teams don't want him on their team because he's not. Most likely, if he goes to a team that's at the bottom, is he going to compete? Yeah. That's why he wants to go to the Clippers. But again, he opted in. And it's, it's a wrong move by him. Obviously, Daryl Moore kind of fed him something that he didn't really uh, – that wasn't the outcome, obviously. But it's it's something that uh, – yeah, I would say if he's not traded by, like, Christmas, most likely he's not going to get traded at all. I had a, I just had a thought. Um, if the Clippers want to go for Harden, do you think they really have room for him and Westbrook? Could they move Westbrook to money match to get Harden? I could. I, I think it's. I think you guys would really benefit on Maxi, Westbrook. Would the Sixers and buy Westbrook? Out? I would be bad with it. Or would they just keep him on Westbrook their roster? at this day and age? He's just the guy who's going to pass the ball around. Yeah, he's been great at that his whole career, and now his scoring has taken think, a I mean, step may, down. It could just be uh, like maybe a spacing issue, but I don't know. I think Westbrook is a guy maybe now doesn't need the ball as much in his hands, right? So the Clippers' starting five would be Westbrook, Harden. Uh, Kawhi, or uh, Paul George, Kawhi, and then Zubats. Zubats. Yeah. yeah, it's not a bad lineup. That could work. That's a super team, though. Those those don't tend to work that often. But Paul George and Kawhi have similar play styles, and you're putting Paul at the four on defense. I think Kawhi would probably have to play the four, or either one of them. I think I guess just that be, could work. They'd be a bit of a smaller team outside of Zubats. I think the Clippers will go a bit for... smaller, but I mean, Paul George is what six eight, yeah. six nine. I think the Clippers will go Why for Harden, but I would stay clear of it personally because we've seen the Suns go all in on KD and have no depth of return. I don't know what the Clippers would have to give up for Harden, but if they do, it just seems like a four-team, four-player team. It's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not. So we'll see. Happen. So yeah, Philly two and one. Um, the Knicks and Nets are horrible. Uh, it's fine. They'll not be, horrible. They'll, they'll Come be on. Right. They'll be all right. They'll be all right. The Knicks will be all right. You don't think the Nets are gonna be okay? Oh no, absolutely not. We'll be uh, battling for the uh, that in that lottery, kind of what the Sixers should do when they, you know, get bounced in the second round this Ooh. year. I know I'm I'm dropping that happen. here, but 
Wow, Justin was packing up and you let and you let it rip on him like that. He didn't yeah, even sorry. hear it. He didn't even hear it. Don't fruit. put him back on. We'll fight in the hallway instead. <laughs> um, all right, that's offsides today. Thank you all for tuning in, Jordan, Justin, and Tom for joining me. Offsides Monday, Wednesdays, uh, and Fridays, um, and yeah. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports.